All right, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Life Between the Six with Cody Cropper, your host, Brandon. We are back with uh, MLS Week 12 recap and Cody, another guest, another former teammate. Yes, another former teammate in Dewan Jones, obviously a uh, very good outside back, I guess. Wasn't drafted as an outside back, but welcome to the podcast. Uh, we're very happy to have you on. Thanks, Cody. Thanks, Brandon. Uh, yeah, I saw your podcast last week. I'm really excited to be here. All right. Picking up some traction. Love to see it, Cody. <laughs> Good stuff. Dewan, you're at New England Revolution where you were drafted, as Cody said. Was it back in 2018? 2019. 2019 from uh, the University of Michigan State, right? The Spartans out there playing some Big Ten soccer. Uh, I was reading uh, the little interview you did, with, I think it was MLSplayers.org or something like that, and you're talking how my man, you're a bit of a beast at the combine, weren't you? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah. I had a wow. really good combine. Um, yeah. We, the first day was testing and I think I had the all time record for like the 40 or was it 30? It's a 30, the 30, the 30 meter, 30 yard dash. Um, and then also for the agility, like the five, 10, five, and then I placed third in like the vertical jump. So testing Ooh. went really well. And then that what first game, uh, I scored like the first goal of the whole combine. Uh, nice, nice run, nice chip to the back post. So, you know, I was feeling really good. Started getting called in for a lot of interviews. I mean, no better start than that, Cody. Can you imagine that? <laughs> no. Um, I, I honestly, I've known Dewan for years, obviously played with him for a year or two, and I did not know any of that information. So um, having played with him, like I said, a lot of that makes sense. However, I don't think a lot of us who were already in the league at that time would have known any of that information. But that's really cool to hear. And obviously one of the reasons that you were drafted so high. Yeah, actually, that's actually how I got my new balance deal as well. Uh, oh. <laughs> the new balance guy was watching the combine and after I scored that goal, he was like, wow, that reminded me of Sadio Mane. Uh, and then what a name combine. drop. Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, one of our other like, ambassadors, what do you think about him? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like FaceTime Sadio real quick. Right. Uh, there you go. Yeah. I, I love it. The combine and I have like six boxes of new balance stuff. And I'm just like, wow, I guess these guys really want me. Um, the different yeah. world. Yeah. I was like, okay, I have to make a smart decision here. <laughs> I didn't know too much about new balance as it's not that big and from Michigan, um, it's way bigger on the East coast, but yeah, it's been, it's been great. Nice. Cause I know a lot of the guys will come out of the draft for generation Adidas deals and things like that. So they're out there mm -hmm. looking to, to poach and get their name out there. So good for them. I think they did well. And you obviously been with them. What four years now? Yeah, since 2019, awesome. <laughs> I actually signed. I signed my New Balance deal before I signed my MLS deal, so that was pretty funny. <laughs> well, officially closed the door on college at that point. Hey, you're a real pro now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Cody, how was it Love signing that. your big deal with Nike? Or Nike uh, is the Brits call Nike. it. Nike is the the Brits call it. Um, honestly, it was an incredible, uh, an incredible feeling as you know, a young pro grow or a young athlete young soccer player growing up all you ever see is these guys you know the professionals the guys that you are aspiring to be wearing brands like adidas nike uh puma uh, you know for dewan under armor and that feeling of getting that initial offer 
and going, wow, like this is, this is amazing. And then seeing all the, the free product that you get and all the, it's just an amazing feeling. And, and obviously it, it comes with a lot of hard work, uh, as I'm sure Dewan can attest to. However, it is something that is very, uh, surface level. And at the end of the day is a great, uh, addition. However, you're in a position to, you know, play soccer and not really, you know, you're not really worried about the brand deal until it comes. I, uh, sure. I, 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 you know, you kind of mentioned that. Do you guys think the U S men's national team will, will ever leave Nike and go, go with Adidas? Cause as far as I've been around and pay attention to the national team, they've always been with Nike. That'd be a wild time if they switch. Cause it happens, right? Brands go to different ones, whether it's Adidas, Puma, New Balance, whomever, kind of a thing. Uh, that'd be wild. I've only, I've only known Nike in the U S men's national team. Yeah. I mean, I've, I'm 30 years old. I got called in into my first U S camp when I was 16 and it was Nike. So that would be very strange. Yeah. I think the same. I just, I mean, ever since I've been watching the U S it's been Nike. It just, yeah. just feels like it's part of U S soccer. Right. Yeah, Synonymous. Would be, would be uh, something. It would be interesting. And then, and then you just went to the January prep camp. Is that right? Uh, yes, I was, was there. That? Uh, well, yeah, the January prep camp was actually last year. That was for, um, getting ready for the world cup qualifiers. But this, this year was, was good. Cause I got to make my first two caps. Uh, so that was, that was really special. Um, it's down in California. My parents were there who always supported me through everything, always traveling to my games and yeah, just, you know, we're in, we're in the crest. We're in the U S across my chest. It's, it's a feeling that's hard to describe, but you know, so much hard work. Like Cody said, it's a moment you dream of, you know, as a young, a young kid playing soccer, um, you always want to get to that, to that highest level that you can. So uh, to step out there and represent the U S was, was an amazing feeling and um, want to represent the team more for sure. Oh, that's awesome, man. Congrats. I mean, that's peak yeah. career stuff, right? Represent the national team. Yeah, definitely something as a young kid that I'm sure not only Dewan and myself aspired to accomplish, but you know, thousands and I mean, arguably millions of children across the United States or across the world aspire to do for their respective countries. So um, obviously, huge congratulations are in order to you, Duan, for doing that in January. And obviously, uh, I can only imagine how proud your parents were. Um, you know, it's it's quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Yeah, man, get that kit on the wall, commemorate that one big time. I like <laughs> yeah, it. For sure. Uh, accolades rolling in, obviously revs, you guys are having a fantastic season, but, uh, you were in the Audi team of the match day last season. I was joking with you guys before the pod. I just assume Audi's sorting cars out for all you guys. You like get car service for a week or something. I mean, what's Audi doing? I, I'm still rocking my Ford fusion right now. Uh, so that's been, it's been holding me down. <laughs> Nothing from Audi yet, but oh. you know, maybe one day. <laughs> I'm sure the vouchers in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, it got lost. It got, lost, address, it got yeah. lost along the way. <laughs> oh, love to see it. Yeah, we're Cody and I are looking at these team of the matches. I don't know if it was Zarek or whoever it was, but we we're just talking about like if you don't score, you're not getting in, right? And it's essentially like there's only three players who didn't score, and two of them are defenders, obviously. And they just kind of toss a midfielder in who didn't score. But uh it's, <laughs> it seems to be the surest way in right now. 
yeah, definitely a good way in getting that goal. Oh man, the PR stuff. Well, hey, gentlemen, it is the uh, the twelfth week of the MLS season has wrapped up just yesterday. Uh, most of the games on Saturday, but we did have the one Sunday game, of course. So we'll be ripping through a few of them. Uh, I always kick it off not just because Dwan's here with a little bit of conference standings and the revs are in first place in the East on 24 points, neck and neck with FC Cincinnati on 24 points as well. Uh, Nashville are third and Atlanta fourth kind of rounds out the top there. The bottom trio, Chicago, New York, Toronto on the West Seattle first on 23 points, LAFC second on 21 points in St. Louis city SC slipping a little bit from their amazing run at the beginning on 19 points, Dallas, FC Dallas in fourth on 18th and the bottom three are Austin, LA Galaxy and SKC Kansas City. Uh, still some teams on single digit points total so far this season, which is a little, little tough, Cody. It is. Yeah. Um, you know, that said, SKC is one of those teams on single digit points. However, they are starting to find what I think might be a little bit of a rhythm back-to-back uh, with, wins with back-to-back wins yeah one home and one away so hey good for them awesome how has this season been duan from your perspective uh just you know overall in general i think a lot of people are really surprised that uh toronto are in the position they are uh, a little bit with uh austin fc as well but every time i talk to more mls players they're like this is the league. Everybody can be anybody. It's just, it's just wait until the later of the season, someone's going to catch fire out of nowhere and they're going to be up in the playoffs. Definitely. Um, for the revs, I mean, it's been a great start to the season, but we know it's a long season. Um, so we got to continue to keep the pressure on, you know, stay amongst the top teams. Um, Cause like you said, towards the end of the season, if you just don't go on a winning streak, pretty much anyone can make the playoffs, but that's what's so exciting about this league. You know, you never know game in game out. Who's going to, who's going to show up, who's not going to show up. And in each game, it's really hard to predict. So and that's one of the beauties of this league. Beauty is an absolute chaos as I like to, to observe <laughs> it as, uh, but Hey gentlemen, let's kick it off with the early game of the weekend. It was Chicago one St. Louis city nil red card to Nelson. Unfortunately, really, a kind of made it an impossible one. Chicago got their second, but it's called offsides, rightly so. Uh, Chicago, was this the new manager bounce, Cody? Is that is that in full effect here? Yeah, it could be. Um, that said, they the two teams played each other in the Open Cup on Tuesday and then played each other again on Saturday. So I think it could have been a little back and forth. I think St. Louis beat them midweek in the Open Cup and then Chicago then bounces changes back. changes at the weekend for St. Exactly. Louis. Exactly, seven changes. So... Um, you know, I don't know whether or not that plays a part, um, but it was an extremely entertaining game, uh, that was full of opportunities for both teams. I mean, can't really, can't really say that one team was better than the other. Um, Chicago started each half on the front foot, but was denied early goals, uh, by not only Roman Berkey, but the crossbar in the second half too. So some changes with the coaching staff also the roster Dewan. it looks like they're putting the youngster goalkeeper back in for chicago um i guess you probably haven't been through a managerial change at new england have you has bruce been there the whole time uh brad friedel uh, okay you did start with brad so I you kind of know what a managerial change is like what do you think it's like going through chicago right now they've got their assistant that's promoted to the the head coach got a little tune probably changed up some players 
couple players in the lineup and back at it. Yeah, I would just say that it seems it seems like in this league, especially whenever a team loses a coach, the next few games they're they're on the front foot. They're playing better soccer and and they're getting results. So I think the the manager bump is is definitely in effect in Chicago. And I was actually able to watch some of that game and they were generating a ton of chances. Um, they were playing a strong game, moving the ball nice, and Shakiri also was playing really well. So thinking they can get him firing and you know, Kai Kamara continuing to be a problem up top. I think they have some real potential. Yeah, I would, I would agree with that. Obviously Shakiri plays an important role in their, in their setup and in their team. Um, We discussed this last week with Teal, how their three DPs actually have not scored or assisted all season. So if they can get those guys rolling, I think that you will start to see Chicago pick up some results here, pick up some results there. And as you said, having Kai firing on all cylinders, I think he's sitting on just over 140 goals, which is second in MLS history right now behind Wando um, would be obviously massive for them. If they can get Kai's Kai firing and I believe you played with Kai in 20. No, you, you never no, played with Kai. I just missed him. Okay. Mm-hmm. You just missed him. Okay. Yeah. I mean, incredible goal scorer. Um, but like I said, if they can get those guys, their DPs and Kai firing on all cylinders, I think that they will be in a very good position. Yeah. Interesting point without a doubt. I would, sh- I would shout out that uh, St. Louis city had multiple teenagers playing in this one. They even had Caden Glover, uh, one of their Academy players, 16 years old, got in at the end. My <laughs> word. Good for him. Amazing. Yeah, honestly. And that just goes back to St. Louis city, um, you know, taking a different approach at times. Anytime you can get some minutes for those players, but they rotated heavy in this one. Um Gotta love an inaugural team immediately be sh- being shoved into rivalry week, right? Duan, it's like, hey, uh, first time you guys have ever played, but guess what? <laughs> it's a rivalry matchup. It's like, oh man, I guess, like geographically, yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah, um, I think rivalry week. It, it's just an exciting thing for MLS. Uh, obviously, there are certain rivalries that I think are are more natural rivals, uh, with like the New York teams, or Seattle and uh portland um but yeah i think it's exciting and just something to talk about you know uh yeah it keeps the league exciting yeah definitely i i I would agree with that obviously brandon as you said a lot of rivalries i think are based on geographic location however it does make sense when you look at it in terms of um you know the history of derbies or the history of rivalries um, I guess for, for the sake of MLS's, uh, growth, these games gaining traction as rivalries and creating that hostile environment between the two fan bases is going to be good for the growth of soccer in the United States. Yeah. I mean, that is absolutely the hope you'll have to see, uh, you know, the different things that they can do to drive it. I wonder if these were also free on Apple TV for the weekend, but it, mm. do you guys have any idea why Chicago St. Louis kicked off so early compared to everything else? No idea. Hmm. It actually, I, I went on the app one o'clock my time, which is Pacific time. And 
I was floored that a game was over and I was thinking to myself, wait, what did I, a game is over? Yeah. What time did this game kick off? <laughs> you know, cause the rest of them were on four thirty, five thirty, six thirty. Yes. Yeah. It was a big so, break. Um, yeah. It was, Juwan, do you, do you think it matters to you as a player? If you get a random early kickoff versus with Apple, we've talked about this with other players, like they, for better, or for worse, we're still figuring it out. They condense mm-hmm. all the games to essentially like three different time slots. And so at least there's a little bit of consistency for you as players, but if you've got like a one o'clock kickoff, I mean, that's, that's very different from a five thirty kickoff. For sure. Um, I do think the later kickoffs better for the players just get that full day of preparation, uh, resting and, you know, all focus on the match. I think just having the early kickoff just kind of throws you for a loop a little bit just because you're not used to it. You know, a lot of players have their routines, but I think the early kickoff is just kind of one that's that's rare uh, in this league. So it's definitely, definitely different to get your body going uh, at a different time. But yeah, I mean, as a fan, I think it's, it's nice to have the early game just so you can put all your attention into one game because with all the games at one time, you know, <laughs> you're flipping between games. You can watch MLS 360, but you know, if you're really trying to watch the games, it's, it's kind of tough to see all of them if they're on at the same time. Yeah. I, I tried watching MLS 360 again and it's just, it's not there. They're working on it, but it's, it's not like red zone. It's really, it's not that level yet. And what I was thinking, I was like, Oh, play off the Premier league, right? La Liga's playing. You can just go from like the 11 AM kickoff for Premier league people are still at the pub or whatever watching and just flip right to MLS. To me, that makes sense. Cause you can just retain that audience hopefully. Uh, but I still don't know if bar owners have figured out Apple TV. I should, I should do a little bit of homework on that. Cause I know the bar owners are struggling with YouTube TV for NFL this upcoming season. They don't know how they're going to get it on all the different TVs. So it's just little stuff like that, that we don't think about. Right. When like, yeah. a streamer comes in to to cover the league but duan yeah. you look good in 1080p man don't even worry about it that espn plus, <laughs> that 480p is gone appreciate it thank you you guys are like blurs last year i was trying to watch everybody <laughs> uh, oh man hey second game up right atlanta one charlotte three um interesting interesting matchup this one obviously atlanta losing at home to charlotte uh, Justin Merrim uh, with the double, the former Atlanta player refusing to celebrate either goal and Swiderski on the penalty. Uh, Gutman getting the red card in the 51st minute and then um, Parata getting the late goal. Just give a little bit of hope. They pretty much ran the same set piece back to back and it worked on uh, the second one. But Cody, from your perspective, uh, I, I didn't do my homework. I apologize. Uh, but Brad Guzan not in for this one. Um, no. It was, it was uh Westberg getting, getting some time in for him. That was kind of the one difference I saw Almada from his hot start, his, I don't want to say cool down, but look, he was on fire to start. So the start of the season. Yeah. 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 Um, so Brad is injured. Uh, he has been injured three to four weeks, I think. Yeah. And Westberg and Diop have been the one and the two. I think Diop stepped in when Westberg picked up a little injury. Um, That said, I mean, Atlanta aren't as hot as they were at the start of the season. Um, Recent form would say that they have, you know, kind of been struggling. They have one win in their previous seven games. I don't know if you guys have played them to one in their last seven. No, have you guys played yet? 
We play them May thirty first. May thirty first. Wow, he even knows the date. Fantastic. What a what a pro. What a pro. What a pro. Um, yeah, they're one. They're one win, two draws, and four losses in their last seven games. So, um, that's obviously a tough run of form. You know, obviously an opportunity for you guys going in there at the end of the month. Yeah, I was really shocked when I saw the result, especially considering Atlanta was at home. Um, yeah. But yeah, credit to Charlotte. Uh, I think when they're playing, they're a really good team. Justin Miriam just got traded there. I trained with him mm-hmm. in the offseason, so happy for him. See him get two goals, you know, at his, yeah. at his old stomping grounds. Uh, but yeah, that's just, that's just this league, you know, home away. It doesn't really matter. You never know on any given day what's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Could speaking you... of ju- speaking ahead. of Justin Miriam. Obviously, as a fullback, he scores his first goal on the back post. In that scenario, it looks like he is wide open, right? As yeah. a fullback, what are you told to to do in that scenario when you have essentially you're responsible for two guys almost? What are you yeah. what are you told as a defender in that situation? Well, I think the important thing is to make sure you see. So take your shoulder. I'm not sure if the defender sees that there's a guy on his back post. Also, if you see you're outnumbered, communicate. So talk to your center back. Tell him that you have two. Tell him the situation as quickly as possible because, yeah. again, it happens so quick. But, you know, if yeah. it's a situation where it's pretty much just me against two, I think I would try to half it as much as I can and just try to read the fight of the ball. I think if you get too sucked in on the first guy, you're leaving the guy wide open on the back and that's dangerous. So I would try to play it more in the middle and kind of react to the ball. Okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, just, I th- it, it just glanced. I mean, that was tough too, right? Like just, yeah. just kind of dropped him in and mirror like credit one touch finish on his left. Yeah. It, Great it, finish. Yeah. yeah I mean, there's still a lot to be done. So I think if people are a little, a little tough on Lennon, the one I was interested in was Gutman's his red card, right? He just yeah. got on the wrong side of the attacker, ended up getting a handful of his jersey. And it's just like, man, do you feel bad? Cause it was such a good, good run uh, from Swiderski to get in that position in the first place. But it's like, I'm sure if you've seen that back, you're like, well, I've I've seen that happen before, been there, done that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm looking at that play and I couldn't tell on first glance if I thought it was a red card or not. But if you look at it on the replay, he's got the full jersey, he's pulling yeah. them back. Because now I'm thinking if he misses the ball completely, then it's definitely a red and definitely a penalty. He did get a shot off still, but but the contact, he made it more difficult, which, yeah, right in front of the goal, I think that's a red card. Yeah, I would agree. Um, as you, Dewan, I, I, I thought the same thing in terms of at first glance. I was like, why is he, what's being reviewed here? Like, you yeah. can't even see anything. And then they show it from behind the like behind the two players and you're like wow he's got he's got the entire jersey <laughs> like, yeah it's like ripping it off his shoulder almost it was mm-hmm. it was super interesting because you don't see that at first glance but um definitely one that i think deserves a red card after review and i think the the referee handled it appropriately which is you know not something i can say for a lot of var decisions <laughs> that i've sure. seen or been involved in so I tell you what, the one thing I would like to sign a position for is for commentators to stop saying dogzo as if anyone out there knows what that is, nor does it sound cool. They're like, 
clear dogzo. You know what I'm saying? It's just that, and I'm like, you guys got to stop saying dogzo. Like, I get it, but no one possibly else yes. can on this yeah. broadcast. What does dogzo mean? Yeah. Yeah. Which we, sh- it's denying of goal scoring opportunity, but I'm just like, yes. guys, that's not the one that you want to yeah. like rattle off all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I will also say, uh, Maurice Adu threw out an interesting stat during the broadcast. Um, Charlotte has the highest expected goals against in the league. Whoa. I, he said that, I think, at the start of the second half. And I found that very interesting because I would not have thought that they were the team in the league to have the highest expected goals against. I, would, I mean, I, I would have said it was a team more towards the bottom of the league. But, um, you know, Charlotte has obviously mitigated uh, done a good job at mitigating those opportunities i don't know um i just found that interesting and maybe a stat that i would bring up but so i pulled it up for you it's them in real salt lake charlotte have an xga of 18.5 and they've wow. conceded 22 so they've actually underperformed their xga which is not good real salt yeah. lake are 18.3 neck and neck uh they've conceded 20 but that is okay. the wrong part of the table. They are conceding. I mean, I could get into this and we don't really need to, but like, no. I'm sure they're giving up tons of shots and things like that, that are obviously yeah. leading to those situations. But um, it, uh, yeah. Well, good job, Maurice, or your producer, whoever's feeding him the stats. But yeah, yeah. Charlotte are, are on the wrong end of that table. For sure. Yeah. All right. Um I think I covered most of that because I was actually trying to look at uh, Atlanta United's actually because I was like, oh, you know, they're in a bit of a flip form. Maybe they're just on the wrong side of they're not creating. No, they've actually had a 1. 1.4, 1. 1.2, 1.0 XG in their last three games before that. They've wow. all been like under one. So they were just really, really overperforming on XG in the beginning of the season. And now they're just wildly underperforming. Like they should be scoring in these games and they're not. But you would say like, they conceded three against Nashville, two against Inter Miami, and three against Charlotte. You can't give up that many goals, Devon. Like, of course, that's a big problem. Yeah, I mean, it's only so much the defense can do. You know, if if you're giving up that many goals, it's going to be hard to win games. Um, and yeah, I think that's why every team's focus should be defense first. Uh, if the defense is solid, then all you'll need is is one goal to win. Um, but if you're conceding, you know, two goals a game, it's you're putting your offense in a tough predicament. Yeah, and they what were a riding. defender mentality that is. By the yeah. way, I love it. I love it. Hey, don't concede. You can't lose. Exactly. <laughs> well, that was the line we were talking about with Nashville earlier in the season, right? They uh, they're pretty, pretty doing pretty well as far as not conceding uh, this season. So, man, they still have only conceded seven goals in twelve games. Wow. That's tough. LAFC with eight. Man, good for them. Um, all right, well, quick pause. Cody, you have a little bit of a giveaway, yes, mini celebrity, don't you? Yeah, I guess. I wouldn't call it uh, me a celebrity. First of all, Dewan is the celebrity on the <laughs> podcast today, okay? So, like, this guy is current MLS, big name, obviously just uh, out of team of the match day. So, Dewan, the celebrity on today's podcast. Uh, but, yes, I do have a giveaway uh, brought to you by Motivate. Um, this giveaway includes quite a few uh, products, actually. It's a it's a sampler giveaway. Uh, Everyone and, loves a bundle. 
Yeah, why not, right? Uh, so you get a little bit of, you get a burn sampler pack, a greens sampler pack, a no stim burn sampler pack, and a temperature controlled shaker. You can enter the giveaway by liking my post and, or by following me and following Motivate. And I actually have one of the products that I most like, their recovery. So if you haven't tried this, definitely go and try it out. As a professional athlete, it helps me post uh, difficult training sessions and post games get back on the right foot. Duan, have you ever seen a goalkeeper need recovery formula after training? <laughs> I think the goalie is the only thing they're still players now. So, so they do everything that we do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. He's giving you an olive branch. Check it out. He is. He is. Thank you, sir. What a kind, what a kind gesture from Duan. Thank you. Yeah, he's part yeah. of the back line. You know, I bet he gets, I bet you were going to give him donuts in the, for the shutout. So he knows the game, but uh, yeah, follow Cody and, uh, and motivate as well. Links in the description below. Check it out. Uh, great products, clean products. Again, professional athletes approved. You'll, you'll enjoy it. Um, moving on to the third one, another rivalry matchup, Montreal versus Toronto. Uh, Bono having big words about the only Canadian Derby that really matters. And it was this one, Montreal hosting <laughs> Toronto two nothing to the, the, the CF Montreal. I don't know. They don't have a mascot. I totally tripped myself up on that one. So uh yeah. and Oh four getting the goals. And the only thing on Toronto stat line, unfortunately is Marshall ready getting sent off. So, um, really not that big of a deal Dewan. i just don't like montreal's gray kits it's just not my favorite from mls this season yeah um I'm trying to think it's like the more all right i think you know yeah they're all right they're all right i think there's some some more skits this year for sure um Ooh, i don't want to get into that too much but we uh, did don't worry hey go back if you're <laughs> interested we already did that we rated all the kits we got in on that we did we did. Yeah, but uh, Montreal, they've done a really good job. They've turned it around this season. Um, and, yeah, it's unfortunately for TFC that they're on this hot streak right now. But, yeah. yeah, that's just how it is. And, yeah, Montreal, well done. TFC got a lot of problems, got a lot of things to get right, but also a lot of injuries, which makes it really tough and difficult. So they're yeah. in a tough moment. But, you know, with the quality, I'm, I'm sure they'll be at a bounce back. Yeah, I would agree on both fronts. Obviously, Montreal has 100% turned what looked like it was going to be a very long season around. Um, statistically, they actually have six wins in their previous six games. And they have back-to-back -back wins over Toronto. They played Toronto midweek in the Can Champ, beat them, and then beat them on the Saturday as well. Uh, so, you know, obviously a very happy front office for Montreal, a very happy player pool, and I'm sure a very happy fan base because that is one of the bigger derbies, uh, as Alex Bono stated, in Canada. Holy shit, then, they are. They're six in a row. I had no idea. Six in a row. Yeah. 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 yeah wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then up. I they, guess the touch. They love it. 2 nothing. by the way. <laughs> 2 nothing. Yeah. Toronto, 2 nothing. Orlando, 2 nothing. KC, 2 nothing. New York. Uh, oh, so wow. also that, they've also 2 nothing to everybody along the way. Consistency is key. Yeah. Um, Dewan, to touch on what you said about Toronto, I think you're absolutely right. They're bottom of the East. They are 2-4-6 and six on the season. And that's uh, 
it's not a great place to be when you have the players that they do and the resources that I can only assume are available to a club that has historically been one of the better teams, not only in the East, but in the league. Um, we asked Teal about this last week, and I'm going to ask you, uh, do you think Bob is under pressure with the money he's gone out and spent, the team that he's been able to put together, and obviously their struggles so far in the first 12 games? I think so. You know, in this league, it seems like every year at least five to six coaches get fired. <laughs> there's been some some big coaches that have gotten fired as well, um, legendary coaches. So I think, you know, you're not getting the results. You know, you're losing to one year when your rivals twice in one week, mm-hmm. you know, injuries, you know, there's always, it seems like it's always like a terrible storm <laughs> when the coach gets fired and for sure that's what they're in right now. So again, we'll see how much trust and faith they have in them. You know, I think, but I think the results have to start turning around quickly because in this league, it's, it's pretty ruthless. I, th- I think that was my question, Dwan. It's like, what do you what do you think a team can do to really turn around this this tough streak? Even if there's injuries or something, do you have to adjust the tactics and maybe just tighten it up a little bit, try something different? Because you know, they you look at the front line, right? They've got star power in the front line, but that's not the issue. It's it's defensively. Well, I guess you know, kind of a little bit of everything. But um, I was thinking about that because I was just like, the players' heads are down. They know they're in a bad spot. Sean Johnson's upset. Things are going not going his way. The forward line probably aren't getting the service they want. And it's just like, uh, I, it's got to be tough just to try to like, you almost have to work, what, two, three times harder just to, to try to stop the slide? Yeah, um, maybe just this team chemistry. Maybe they need to do something off the field yeah. and just – just you know, laser enjoy tag. each other's company. You know, yeah, laser tag, <laughs> go karting, whatever. You know, just go do a team event where you can forget about soccer, just have fun, because um, that's what it's really about. And and yeah, just make it, making it so the guys really want to play for each other when they're out there on the field. Because um, like you said, if heads are going down, guys are turning on each other on the field, it's it's going to be tough. And then you get into that cycle where they score the first goal on you, and you have no, the team has no more belief that you know, that you can make the comeback. So I think really just getting back to, to team chemistry and, you know, yeah, playing hard for each other. Cody, I'm yeah. just, I hear team chemistry at a night out and I just, or our team bonding. I just think in the UK, man, those boys would be just going out for a boozer, absolutely getting oh. toasted together. Like I just think Without like the 90s and the 2000s, like British teams, right? Just out yeah. and pissed. Oh, out at a pub everything. midday. Yeah. Zero, zero cares in the world and 12 beers deep. Absolutely. Less social media back then, you know, a little bit different with Roy Keane at the helm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Hey, it kicked off. It dusted off at the end here. Tempers rolled over. Uh, Allegedly someone swung. I'm not going to say anything, but uh, yeah, it got really testy there at the end. I I, frustration boiled over. It did. Yeah. Um, I, I, I didn't really read too much into that or pay attention to it too much um however like you said i i heard that there were punches thrown uh were there any red cards just the one issued? in game in game okay interesting usually if there are punches thrown or there's a dust up at the end of a game as i'm sure dewan might you know have have maybe been involved in not personally but like on a team that has been involved in them usually red cards or yellow cards are issued 
yeah, it looked like from what I saw, just a lot of pushing. Um, I don't think I saw any punches thrown, but it looked like it definitely could have got out of control, especially considering I think it was the open or the Canadian championship game where the fans like got in a fight as well. So mm-hmm. I think it, it had been brewing for sure. Um, and obviously this is their biggest rival. So yeah, you lose to a team twice in a week, you're not going to be happy. And maybe Montreal was letting them know like, Hey, you guys <laughs> suck. We're better than you. And you know, temper swear. So, um, yeah. it's a little bit expected. So, you know, hopefully they don't, uh, dish out too many red cards, too many punishments. Um, but yeah, I like to see, you know, TFC recover, um, cause they're, they're, like I said, they're a big team in this league and, you know, they should be doing better than this. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think that you maybe touched on it a little bit there. It could also be some frustrations from TFC having lost two on the bounce to, what is arguably their biggest rival and, you know, just tempers flaring over and frustration boiling over. Um, you know, it could have just been something as simple as that uh, occurring. And maybe, you know, one of the Montreal players getting a little smart after winning back to back games and saying something that just pissed, pissed the wrong person <laughs> off. Right. So exactly uh, in the heat of the moment, it's never easy to control that. However, as a professional, uh, you have to be able to control your temper and, and your reactions in those moments, because you're not only, in my opinion, you're not only putting yourself in a bad situation, but you're putting your team in a bad situation. And as a professional athlete, you are setting a bad example for young professionals or young athletes. Uh, that is the hard part. I mean, you guys see it. Oh, I just went to Twitter and you're right. This is, this is yeah there was a fight there in midweek between the fans and it is not good like not to stereotype but that to me is like nfl stuff that you see and then you go through this and then you see hockey fights and everything so i'm not saying it's a canadian thing it just seems to be happening a lot between these two teams which just shows you these cities are super rivals and i'm sure toronto understands exactly kind of like the that what it means to like lose those things so mm-hmm. um yeah tough tough run for them in toronto so we'll have to see bob uh hit up the laser tag arena drive some go-karts figure something out but um yeah it's just it's just tough to see right you want to see yeah. I don't know. Like, hey, you got to earn it, right? Like, no one says like Toronto. You sign big players, you you get it, but you would like to see the better players in the league perform. And it's just it is not top to bottom. So, uh, anyways, we'll we'll kick it off uh, or wrap up here with Kansas City three, Minnesota nil, Minnesota on a slide. Unfortunately, my my in market team here in finally sunny Minnesota. Uh, it's about damn time. So uh, I'm pulling up Minnesota's run here just to kind of see where they're at. Um, lost to Casey, lost to Vancouver, drew to Dallas, lost to Seattle, lost Orlando, lost to Chicago. And that was after being the own, they're the last team without a loss, uh, which was also back in That's March. Tough. We're now mid-May. That's tough. Yeah, uh, Adrian Heath and the squad going for a big slide. Poor Dane St. Clair, my former uh, apartment neighbor, Cody. What the hell, man? Uh, what do you mean? What the hell, man? I, I don't know. <laughs> you I talk mean, to Zarek? Don't you talk to Z, uh, man? I do. I talk to Z. I talk to Z and Will all the time. Hey, look, this Minnesota team looked exhausted. They went 120 minutes with Philadelphia midweek in the Open Cup. Ended up 
winning that game on penalties. However, I think you could kind of see the heavy legs late in the game versus SKC. Um, even early on in the game, I think you could see that they were tired. They had obviously made uh, three or four changes throughout the the lineup. And ultimately, I think it, you know, it, it was just a test of time. Um, SKC coming in hot off of beating Seattle away and, uh, you know, starting to find a rhythm. Well, I, I tell you what, Dewan, missing a penalty for Minnesota, at, it definitely can't hurt. You know, you're already down one nothing at the ninth minute. Rosero, uh, Saloy, and kind of getting the three goals. And uh, Minnesota's new attacking uh, um, transfer in, uh, Song Bin Jong, missing the penalty. And like you said, I think all the heads just dropped. Um, Tim Melia getting away with one there in the box. Uh, not a dogzo, not, nope, not a dogzo on that one. So he plays on, but he actually got right. subbed off too. So Casey, a little bit of life. This is what we're kind of talking about Toronto rough last season for Casey S- rough beginning of the season, but now starting to build it step-by-step step, game by game. And, um, Peter Vermees is, is put a little breath in the team, a little breath of life. Yeah. I think it's so much about momentum and they're in a good moment right now. So, you know, you hope they can continue. Um, I got to give a shout out to my boy, Jake Davis. Uh, he's a center mid, but he's stepping in at right back. And I saw him play against Seattle and he killed it. And I think he started again, you know, shut out, killed it again. So there you uh, go. super proud of him and yeah, way to step up. There you go. Jake Davis. Love it. Uh, I did not know that, um one he was your boy and two is he a rookie this year he's a homegrown i think he maybe he had been on the team maybe two or three years but another guy okay. training with him in the off season fantastic fantastic no that's great um young 21 year old yeah skc is is having to lean a lot on younger talent right now with the injuries that they've had obviously the last couple of weeks they've been able to get their you know their dps back uh we discussed this last week with teal Versus Seattle, it was actually the first time that all three designated players for SKC had been on the field at the same time this season. You love a DP stat. I love a DP (laughs) stat. Because they're so important to each team. Obviously, like if the signing is right, right. if the signing is right, (laughs) they are important. You look at New England. Look at the importance of Carles Hill to New England and everything that you guys do. Look at Nashville. Look at the importance of Hany Mukhtar and everything that they do. If this, if the signings are right and they're fit, they are uh, a very important player in what a team is able to accomplish. So I do love a DP stat. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> you want to, you want to play out that one, Devon, a little bit? <laughs> yeah, Maybe touch on the importance of Carlos. I don't know. I say, yeah, because Carlos was sure. out for a little bit early in the season, wasn't he? And a lot last year, no? Man, I don't... Yeah, he missed a little bit this year. Um, but yeah, no, he's, he's so important. You know, each day in training, you know, he's given 100% effort and really leads by example. Um, on the field, you know, he's fit. He can run for 90 minutes. He's defending. Yeah. He's he's attacking. He can sprint all day. Like, everyone's tired. He's just taking three guys on. And you're like, oh, where does this guy get the energy? Yeah. Um, yeah. He's been a great captain for us and yeah, it's been a great teammate to have. 
like a brother to me, I would say. And yeah, I mean, the way he, the way he finds passes that no one else can see is it's incredible. So, you know, without him, I'm not sure where our team would be. Yeah. I think that that's a fair point. Um, You know, I spent, I think it was the 2019 season with him. Is that the year we signed him or did we, yeah, we did sign him in 2019 when we were in Spain, right? Yeah. We're like, this guy, (laughs) this guy just showed up. Love this guy. <laughs> yeah, we were, I kid you not, honestly, the story, we're, we're in Marbella, Spain for preseason, and like four or five days into the trip, this guy shows up, nobody knows who he is, and he starts training with us, and we're like, okay, cool, man, like, we signed a new, D- like, we were told that we had signed a new DP, but nobody knew his name or knew who he was, and this guy just showed up and lit training on fire this guy was yeah. unbelievable was there like, no formal introduction like hey this is carlace he's our new big signing like don't kick him <laughs> well no i mean we got we got the introduction and everything but like we we didn't know who he was or anything at that point and so Fair. then like we get to know him and and he's a great guy off the field he um you know like dewan said he leads by example and really impacted he really helped turn the organization of new england around because his his involvement in what and what new england has been able to accomplish over the last three to four seasons has been on arguably on his shoulders and he has helped carry that forward well very- yeah that's well said that's well said i mean i can't speak to too much before 2019 before i got there but you know uh, like I said, he's been the leader ever since he got here and, and yeah, what he does on the field, you know, off the field as well this year and last year, he's been more of a vocal leader as well. So, uh, just to see, you know, also his improvements over the years, uh, it's, it's been amazing. How's his English now? I haven't spoken to him in a while. It's really good. He thinks Is it's it? not good, but, you know, but it's good. Like, it's you know, good. like yeah. I mean, he can speak in English and everyone understands everything he's saying. He can understand pretty well too. Um, but he obviously he likes to use Spanish more. Um, yeah. and he really has to say something, he'll use Spanish to make sure he gets his point fully across. But, uh, yeah, I think I think this is amazing. Yeah. Well, if, if you can remember when he first signed, like he didn't speak any English. So no. we, we had at the time, I think we had two coaches on staff that spoke Spanish. And then we had a couple, you know, like Andrew Farrell speaks Spanish fluently and he mm-hmm. would, he would, um, uh, translate for was it uh Hania, Caicedo, yeah, yeah. and Carles, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> all four of them were like in one little corner and they would all communicate, and then Farrell would translate everything to every oh, mm-hmm. and and Jaleel as well, Jaleel and Diego. Oh, that's right, yeah, Diego was there too, yeah. So we had we had three yeah. like translators for, <laughs> for a couple of these guys, and it, it was. As as tedious as it was at times, it was obviously super beneficial because um, Carlos ended up becoming the captain. I think by the end of that end of his first season, and has been ever since. So it's great to hear that he has uh, continued that uh, that evolution of learning English. So you got yeah, Carlos and his I'm assuming brother Nacho brothers all right yeah i'm, not, I'm like they're both from valencia <laughs> same last name oh he's that's yeah. a bummer um but if i can ask a couple of questions about your roster is that okay yeah you guys lost maddie turner 
and up steps Petrovich, like <laughs> one in, one out. You guys are a freaking like factory line of goalkeepers in New England. What the heck? Yeah, um, I think Kevin Hitchcock, our goalkeeper coach, obviously does a really great job. He's got a lot of experience coaching over in Europe, playing in Europe. Um, but yeah, these these guys are are insane. You know, the saves they make, it's like a guaranteed goal sometimes, and they just pull a save out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, uh, speaking about George A, um, I think he's also done a really good job. His, his English has gotten so much better this year. He, he really does a good job. Um, communicating even more now, being more confident, you know, in the back line. Uh, he's always talking, you know, and I'm the farthest guy back. He's communicating to me, uh, which he didn't do as much last year. So, you know, a lot of improvements in his game as well. Uh, he's obviously linked to some some really big clubs. So, you know, we've been, we've been really thankful and uh, grateful for everything he's done for this club and, you know, look forward to, you know, seeing where he goes. But, you know, we have him for now. So we want to keep him as long as we can. Hell yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, Cody, we've talked about Petrovic a couple of times, uh, obviously this season, there's been a few young goalkeepers. Well, I guess Matt Turner's not really that young, but you know, Gaga left as well, went to the Premier League. It's the Premier League is always, or I'm sorry, Americans have always had a strong lineage of goalkeepers. And we were talking like throwback, not just Friedel, right. And Casey Keller, but like Hahnemann was in the Premier League for a long time. By the way, I saw Zach Thornton. What a throwback. He's on Chicago Fire Staff. I remember watching Thornton yep. back in the day play for the Fire. Yep. Holy yep. shit. Um, what a unit that guy is. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, Americans love some goalkeepers, but now it's not an American goalkeeper. It's America's finding a really, really good goalkeeper to bring into the league. Yeah. And he's 23 yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, uh, Hitchy did his homework. Um, I would assume he was Hitchy signing. And, uh, you know, when they replaced Matt Turner, there were probably a lot of question marks. Would they be able to replace Matt Turner? Uh, however, I think that they did. I think statistically speaking, actually, uh, Jordy, how, how do you say it? Correct. George A. George A is better statistically than Matt was. And that, that says a lot because Matt was very good uh, in his, in his, during his stint in MLS and you have to think that he will eventually leave New England and I had to see when he goes where he goes because I think it's going to be a very big club and I think he's going to do extremely well in his future for sure um I would just say like He's also the ultimate professional. Um, every day I see him in the gym, looking at his phone, doing workouts, like his own workouts. I'm like, I don't know who's sending him this stuff. But uh, yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah. a great work ethic, um, takes care of himself, always eats, eats really well. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's a great guy. Ultimate professional, like Dewan Jones. Sure. <laughs> Appreciate that, Cody. <laughs> So you guys are having a great season, uh, I, you know, and I'm so glad we got a defender on because, you know, we've had some attackers and and goalkeepers and, you know, just different players. But like, I kind of look at your guys' results this season, you know, and and while you guys have had a good season, there's a couple wobbles, but you, what do you feel like your favorite game has been so far this season? A great question. Wow. 
as I just glance the score, it's like, I'm like thinking, is he going to go for a shutout? Is it going to be maybe his team of the match day performance where he gets a goal? Uh, maybe he just was having fun chilling while the team ran rampant against Montreal for four nil. Right. Like <laughs> there's, there's a few looking at the schedule. There. Yeah. I'm looking at the schedule. Yeah. Um, I think I would have to say the DC United game, just because that 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 game, like the result, I think no buck score was in the 90th, 89th minute. Uh, we went two one, I believe. That was just a game where it felt like the supporter show season 2021. Uh, just like we're just fighting to the last minute, get a goal, you know, steal three points away. Like, man, that was an exhilarating game. Um, tough game, um, difficult. We made goal line, goal saving plays, you know, right at the end. So, kind of had everything, and you know, we came away with three points. So, I would say that was some of my favorite game this year. Okay. Yeah, very when, dramatic defensive performance. Yeah. I'll tell you what, DC has been involved in a lot of dramatic games, like win or lose. <laughs> They've been on both sides of like dramatic finishes, right? So, yeah. uh, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. And as a goalkeeper who's been in in games like that, I can definitely say those are you walk off the field feeling like these. Those are the moments you live for, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm looking at this and like the the all the stoppage time minutes. There's like six different actions, and you only played three minutes of stoppage time. Like, and it was all DC mm-hmm. attempt save, attempt missed, like attempt <laughs> blocks. So yeah, you guys are throwing yeah. it on the line to close that one out. So uh, I absolutely. Absolutely love it. Well, Dewan, thank you so much for joining us. It has been an absolute blast to cover game week 12 with you in the MLS. Um, hope you continue to have a great season. I'm still rocking the old school New England Revolution windbreaker here from Cody. Yeah. We're keeping keeping that hype train alive. I think we need maybe get I a keep them separate. Jones jersey up there. I keep them separate. Maybe. Keep Cincy and New England on the outsides. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Yeah. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks, Cody, for having me on. It's, uh, it's been an honor and yeah, it's been really fun. Hey, we'll have a great rest of the season. We'll probably circle back to you later in. Uh, I'm excited to see what this uh, league's cup and everything is. So if nothing else, we might just text you to see how that all is going. It's going to be a weird (laughs) season, but uh, stay healthy. Have a blast. Uh, Links to do on in the description as always. Cody, appreciate you bringing Motivate in as well. Good little giveaway. I'm so excited for you. Oh, me too. Um, I love the products and, you know, I'm excited for, Whoever is picked as the winner. Actually, I'm going to have Brandon pick the winner. So anybody who's out there, Brandon is going to pick the winner. Uh, I don't want to be uh, responsible for that. My Venmo so. will be in the description below. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now nah, I'll be, there I'll be, go. I'll be a neutral third party. Don't you worry about there it. But go. anyways, uh, if you would just take a quick second, uh, check us out on social media, but also leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify helps other MLS fans such as yourself that are listening to us find other ones but anyways we appreciate have a great week we'll be back with mls game week 13s